Stop! Sure you want the rest of it? Dirty Harry Welcome back to Dirty Harry Minute, the only podcast in the world to review every minute of the 1971 Warner Brothers classic, Dirty Harry, not starring Michael Douglas. I'm one of your hosts, John, and as ever, I'm joined with Tim. Hi. Hello. Straight from work? Yeah, dressed for the occasion. (laughs) And Trent. Hello there. Hello. And our returning guest, a lover of Michael Douglas, Joel. Oh, yeah. Hello. Yes, I do love Michael Douglas. <laughs> could he have played any of the roles in this movie? I reckon I could see him as Harry, actually. I'm just watching it now, and it would be quite interesting with that gravelly voice and that maybe the jumper he wore in Basic Instinct or something. <laughs> give us a couple of Harry lines in Douglas's voice. <laughs> oh, um, you feel lucky, hunk, do you? Well, do you? <laughs> I reckon he'd be better as Scorpio, because you know the bits in... You know the bits in Disclosure where he's like, please, I'm married. Yeah. Please, oh, no, no. It's yeah. like, yeah. oh, no, 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 don't talk back. Yeah. I've been saying Disclosure for years. Oh, no, don't talk back. Don't talk back. <laughs> Look, I just came in for a little lunch. He's pitch and hold into those sort of uh, roles, wasn't he? Fatal Attraction, Basic Instinct, Disclosure. <laughs> well, today we're reviewing Minute 64. The minute begins with Harry finishing scaling the fence and ends with Harry pulling out his cannon in front of the closed door. What did you think of this minute, Tim? Uh, not much. Happening. Did you like that great key lighting, I think it's called, of Scorpio's eyes? That's probably the thing that stands out the most in this minute. In the sequel, Sudden Impact, there's some shots, a lot of shots of the killer's uh, eyes, Sandra Locke's eyes, the revenge rapist, that are similar to this. Mm, she passed away, didn't she, recently? She yeah. did. Yeah. Rest in peace. Mm. This is the minute where we get probably the most insight into Scorpio's background, don't we? What? Yeah, well, you sort of see where he lives and what we he We haven't does. quite entered the, the room yet, so we don't know what... Oh, haven't we? Is, no. that, uh, is that in the future? You're right, Trent. This will be a difficult minute. <laughs> <laughs> we probably haven't talked about the real star of this scene, which is Kizar Stadium, mm. which was built in the 1910s. Then, for a long time, nothing happened. Until September 1932... When the Australian cricket team played a North California all-star team, a 56-game tour around the US and Canada. Is that right? Shit. I did not know that. Mm. How? I don't know how well-patroned it was. Wow. There's no listing there? No. On, maybe I should look this up. What year are we talking? 1932. I can give a shit about cricket, but this is interesting. The, the stadium itself is a um, American football stadium. Yes, that was right. They play cricket in the United States. Wow. I mean, there could have been just two or three people turn up. Yeah. yeah. Surely the pitch is a lot smaller than a not standard cricket pitch. Mm. Would have been totally off for a cricket match in a yeah football stadium like that. Holy shit! Yeah. The height of the depression too. Do you think the Americans were interested in a in this weird weird limey game? Yeah, weird, something that's totally British and they just despise it. Yeah, no, I, that's bizarre. As discussed in previous minutes, this very year, 1971, the 49ers, it was their hometown, San Francisco 49ers, moved to Candlestick Park, 
which is famous, Joel, for being the last venue the Beatles ever played. Ah. Is that right? Really? Mm. In 1989, Kizar Stadium was raised and made into a much smaller athletic venue than it is today. <laughs> Do you think Harry finds much time to go to the football, uh, Joel? Oh, I don't think he has much of a laugh, does he? It's sort of depicted in the films. He's, you know, sort of dedicated to his job and... He, he seems like he might be a casual fan, just has yeah. a beer at home and flicks on the TV and watches whatever's on. When he's got a bit of time on him, yeah. up his sleeve. And- in 1971, what would he have watched, do you think, on TV? Uh, he wouldn't have been a Dick Van Dyke fan, I don't think. Have you ever... Joel, you've seen a lot of uh, football matches and things. Have mm. you ever seen any suspicious characters, like Hunchbacks of Notre Dame, that you think are... <laughs> Uh, no, not really. No, you see a few interesting people, especially at, at Footscray in the old days. But yeah, um, but nothing like Scorpio. No, no wide-eyed sort of uh, cardigan-wearing mass murderers. No. Are there any abandoned stadiums left in Australia, or they're all property, uh, properties too expensive to leave them for too long? I think there's a lot of old ex-VFL grounds, but they're still used as training venues and administration and that sort of thing. Uh, not abandoned, but no longer used for. Um, Mm. the big games yeah with Harry walking through this stadium Tim do you think it would make a good good video game or good video clip if there was a a song from this movie what as in as in the the, (laughs) Harry just walking around (laughs) Harry Harry plodding around in a a, you know two hander game whatever they're called I think there was a video game planned actually oh yeah there was and it fell through there's actually a clip of it on YouTube the introduction the bit in Jaffe's diner. Yeah. And yeah. I, was, I was actually um, at the time thinking, gee, that'd be all right, but it never... John, didn't didn't you say um, your friend does worked on it? Yeah. Were you should get him, get him yeah, in we'll, for an episode. We'll get does on for a short time, for a few months. They had a contract, subcontracted, subcontracted, do some rendering or something for some of the, what are they called? The artifacts or whatever. Now, uh, can any of you think of your favourite... Scenes from films set in stadiums. Mm. Black Sunday with Black Robert Rose. Robert Sh- <laughs> with Robert Shaw and Bruce Dern. Mm. What happens in that? It's scene? a terrorist plot about um, Bruce Stern is this crazed Vietnam veteran who's been. Isn't he always? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thought? Does he live in the stadium and sell programs? <laughs> oh damn, he doesn't. Sorry. <laughs> Yes, um, but yeah, basically joins this terrorist group who are plotting to bomb the stadium during the Super Bowl. And Robert Shaw is this Israeli um, secret agent who's primed to interject. That sounds cool. Yeah, it's actually a fucking great film. From the 60s? 76. John Frankenheimer directed it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The only reason I ask is because I thought of that movie Ghost Rider. <laughs> oh, yes! Oh, How the fuck did I forget that? Set, filmed in, Melbourne. in our local. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. We saw it. We saw it being shot, yeah. you and I. Did we? Yeah, that bit outside the building on Collins Street. Like, it was an aftermath, like, of a stunt when he yes. went up the building. I don't remember you being there, but I, I remember yeah. seeing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, the, like, the fire. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember watching watching the finished film and seeing the, the Stockland Stadium and thinking, what a piece of shit. <laughs> Recently rebranded as Marvel, Marvel Stadium. Stadium. <laughs> That's great, isn't it? Yeah. Is that a world first, do you think? I think so. Well, Joel, what do you think in your heart of hearts? Do they have grounds for search? All they've got is some 
some inner city foreign doctor's vague recollection that he lives here. Yeah, I think he's got a pretty good idea of who this person is and where he lives. Um, he's he's a pretty smart cookie, is Harry. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously fairly certain about where the guy lives and why he wants to arrest him. And, you know, from Harry's point of view, I really can't blame him for being so aggro. Mm. You know, he's... I mean, you know, he's just an absolute psychopath who's just going around killing people. And, and at this point, Harry still thinks there's a time limit, doesn't he, to find and marry He Dave. does. Yeah. Although he said to Bressler honestly before he got the bagman role, you know she's dead, don't you? Mm. But then at the cross, he said, don't kill him because she might be alive. Yeah. Because it might be a good time to talk about some of the rights issues that Dirty Harry's mm. brought up. It all stems, of course, Joel, from which amendment, do you know, the right against unreasonable searches being the Fourth Amendment, yes. Yeah, the Americans are their amendments, yeah. It's funny because the Bill of Rights is an amendment to the Constitution, right? So, an acknowledgement that they stuffed up. Anyway, I'll just, if you guys indulge me, the Fourth Amendment says that searches must not be unreasonable which is generally understood to mean that you need a warrant from some body official. But technically speaking, that they just need to be reasonable. This, have you heard of the sugar bowl rule? No, I haven't, to be honest. No. The sugar bowl. It says that areas that may be searched in pursuit of the items stipulated in the warrant are strict. As the aphorism goes, if you're looking for stolen televisions, you can't look in sugar bowls. Or you can't use, you know, if you've got a warrant to look for computer chips, you can't necessarily look through paperwork at the same time so only the areas of the place you're searching that could reasonably contain the objects can be searched okay Uh, sorry john just enlighten me so so when the police apply for a warrant who's who's approving it oh the judge the judge being the you know representative of the judiciary right and in some circumstances they can the government can do it and that gives them a legal right to search yep yeah so, yeah, that sugar bowl rule is a reminder that you can't... You need to carefully... Lawmakers or judges stipulate what you can search for because otherwise it would just be a vague vague warrant to search anywhere and yeah. that would be a violation of the Fourth Amendment. Okay, yeah. So, right at this moment, Harry's search... He doesn't have a warrant. I suppose he's looking for a man in Balaclava that last assaulted him. Mm. But there is an exception um, called the plain sight rule. So, and later on, I think, do we get to see the rifle in the room, Tim? Later on? It's the next minute. I suppose we can't talk about it. <laughs> Our hands are tied. Right. <laughs> Maybe we should just quit this minute while we're ahead. <laughs> um, that, that's a nice polo you got there, John. Thank you. Where'd you get that from? <laughs> I obtained it legally. Big W? <laughs> JJ's? My target man. Oh. JJ's! <laughs> There's also, yes, um, anything that falls foul of the, of the Fourth Amendment, like not having a warrant... Um, it's called the fruit of the poisonous tree doctrine. Okay. This is used to deter police from using illegal means to obtain evidence. And the case law we have for this is Nardoni versus the United States of 1939, where a police officer conducted a warrantless search of a home and obtained a key to a train station locker. They went to the train station locker and they found a blood splattered shirt inside. So the search of the home without a warrant is the poisonous tree. And the fruit of, their, of that was the shirt. And it was ruled inadmissible because it was tainted. The only exceptions to this rule, the fruit of the poisonous tree, is one, if the evidence is obtained from 
a source independent of the illegal activity. For instance, if the housemate had found the shirt mm. yep. and handed it into the police, that's an exception. Um, or if the janitor found Scorpio's gun and said, oh, I think this would be interesting, yeah. this is a gun. Um, no, but if, but if that happens, then mm. there's no need for a warrant, is there? That's right. And it, this gives rise to what's called parallel construction, which I've, as you guys know, I've only seen seven once. But there's a law enforcement <laughs> process. You, a law enforcement process, you can build a parallel or a separate evidentiary basis for a criminal investigation. Now, I think in seven, is this right? They pay a, home, they pay a homeless man to pretend their excuse to break into the property or something? Uh, maybe. Sorry. I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> is there a scene in, in seven where... Kevin Spacey has photos pasted on his wall or something. Oh, it rings a bell. I think. And to get in there, do they pay yeah. a bum? They pay a bum to say, I saw a suspicious something man in there or something? Like that. Yeah, I haven't seen that film for years. Me either. Yeah. That's called parallel construction. Yeah. So you hide, the police are sort of lying, finding mm. another way of getting into the property by, mm. Mm. by forging um, mm. reasonable suspicious from a bum or something. Yeah. Um, of course, the dependent can always admit that it's theirs. That's a way around it. If they admit, no, that is mine. But otherwise, if they obtain evidence, physical evidence, um, without a warrant, it's generally inadmissible because- Such as in this case. Yeah. But then again, you could say that if they were, if Harry was in hot pursuit, this wouldn't constitute a search. And he was following a lead in there. Yeah. And the gun was just something, as I said before, in plain sight. So, so it's not good enough for the doctor to say, we think he's... Not just a the doctor's just someone saying, I think someone who you want to find is living here. Mm. Is, it, is it because they're going into private property? That's right. Yeah. That, is that... No. Um, but as you say, some people on the internet have pointed out that Scorpio could only get those legal protections if he was a legal resident of the stadium. But as we've seen before... You know, he's living there, we think, the ground... As a groundskeeper. Yeah. Or... He probably didn't have authority to let him stay there. Yeah. So, if Harry is a squatter, maybe... Oh, sorry, if Scorpio is a squatter, maybe he doesn't yeah. have any rights. Rights? What about Anne-Marie Deacon's <laughs> rights? <laughs> he has the right to a lawyer. Yeah, he knows all his rights, doesn't he? <laughs> he gets shot in the leg and he knows uh, exactly what his rights are, so... There was a very... Um, very sure person on online on IMDb, I think, who said, if I was in a similar situation, I think it was a cop, a couple phone calls and I would have a very quick answer from the on-call prosecutor. Also, I would make sure that I surrounded the stadium with officers and locked it down. It's not clear where Scorpio's hiding, is it? No. No. I just assumed it was in the stands or something. Yeah. Because you can't really see the stands are so dark and I just assumed he was up there stalking Harry the whole time. We're just staring at the screen. Just a dark screen. <laughs> Something's moving. You weren't expecting a, a law lecture on this warm afternoon recording, were you guys? <laughs> it's good. No, it's very interesting. Yeah. Mm. It says the whole, the whole point of that rule, the exclusionary rule, the sugar bowl, is that there are certain situations um, that cops could plant things, I guess. Mm. Or at least a judge or a learned person, presumably a judge, independent third party is assessed. Yeah, you have reasonable cause. Yeah. Well, I suppose it, then if it's up to the cops, it could just become a lawless kind of... Yeah. Um, cowboys. Which the film is sort of hinting at anyway. Yeah. I think the whole 
basically the whole film. His whole, whole attitude towards policing is that sort of Wild West. Uh, and, and he's held back by the rules. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, for sure. Just for our listeners, John, you you studied law a long time ago. A um, long time ago. What sort of... I finished my law degree when Space Cowboys... No. <laughs> when Space Cowboys. Mystic oh. River came out. <laughs> no, 2004. But what, what's, uh-huh. what sort of specialised... What area were you sort of focusing on when you were doing it? Oh, I didn't major in anything. Property yeah. law is my... Property, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you wanted, to do, you wanted to do criminal law, didn't you? Oh, yeah, like everyone, you know? Yeah. Mm. You know how everyone quotes like To Kill a Mockingbird or <laughs> what else? James Spader or even Alec McBeal if they're smart. <laughs> James <laughs> Spader. I like Picket Fences. <laughs> Do you ever watch Picket Seven. Fences? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, any listeners in there have seen this this obscure low-grade movie Seven or something? Was it a numeral for the, the, yeah. Yeah, for the V? David Fincher. I think they pay a bum, as I said, parallel construction. Did that scene stand out in your mind or something? Like what? What? No, I was just. What? I was looking up. I think I googled cinematic, <laughs> cinematic examples of parallel construction. No. Oh, okay. And I think they paid a homeless man to, um, so as an excuse why they were broke into his home. So a lot of people say this: these laws about the exclusionary evidence law and the need for a warrant in every situation. Police still want information, and they're going to find other circuitous routes of finding it out that aren't, you know, super legal or lying. You know. So, is your, is your interest in law the reason why you watched Kindergarten Cop 2? <laughs> <laughs> I was sold on the DVD cover and I thought, wow. Any good? It was all right. In my library. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I saw that. I thought, where the hell did you even source that from? JB Hi-Fi or... <laughs> Rating out of 10? Oh, six and a half. <laughs> really? That's quite good. I'll never watch it again, but... <laughs> what about it? Dolphy? <laughs> He was all right. Is it like a direct sequel to the original film or is it totally different? Totally different. It doesn't reference John Kimball at all. Okay. No crisp. No crisp. <laughs> and his ponytail. <laughs> what about that annoying little kid with the, uh, yeah, the stupid Bear haircut? people. <laughs> that kid. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it doesn't really focus on the kids as much or maybe the style of filmmaking, it just shows quick, funny jokes. Anybody from the first film make a cameo? Linda Hunt? Or? No one as far as I'm aware, no. Okay. Penel- Penelope Ann Miller or? No. No? Damn. Does Dolphy have a love interest in it? He does. Yeah, the teacher, the the preschooler, he's 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 working alongside. Yeah. <laughs> does he have that sort of Swedish accent still happening, or is he yeah, trying to? Is he trying to hide it? I think he's trying to hide it. Yeah. yeah. So, is there a bad guy? Yeah, the bad guy is some like um, I think they're Albanian people <laughs> that are trying to get some secret list of um, FBI protected suspect uh, witnesses that they he left in the school somewhere. The and disappointingly, there's no Dominic. No, <laughs> no there's no mood. It's not moody at all. It's just like a yeah, ninety yeah. minute. Okay. Yeah. And all the kids had peanut allergies and they're all, uh, all that sort uh, of stuff. Uh, they could have brought the kid back. The the boys have. <laughs> they had a few similar lines. Yeah. <laughs> my dad says my stepmother's a bad role model because she dances on poles for a living. That sort of stuff. <laughs> Yeah. I was about to say, who the fuck would watch that? But yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a film that doesn't need a sequel. Pure and simple. <laughs> Kindergarten Cop. I mean, really. Where are you going to go with it? Another movie I watched here, a few months ago. Hmm. I told you, I tried to get you to come to cinema with me. Which one? Was The Confessions of a Police Captain. Oh, which are I- Martin Balsam. Oh, him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I couldn't. I remember. And I Googled it up and apparently there's an Italian genre called Poliziotteschi. 
Yes. Like police dramas that would be big in the 70s? Yeah. There's some good... I got a couple in the other room. I had that guy from... um, from Force 10 from Navarone and... Um, oh, right. oh. No, the, the bad guy with the moustache. Uh, oh, Richard Kyle. Not nah. Franco Nero. Yeah, Franco Nero. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was in it, yeah. Into the ninja. He's the ninja yeah. in that. And he's badly dubbed <laughs> badly with dubbed. a Texan accent. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, it, yeah, the, it was actually quite good. It was very wordy, like very Italian, though, talking yeah. a lot. And... Um, there was a scene like the suicide jumper scene just very quickly where Martin Balsam, like there's a, a kid with a gun. Yeah, just threatening to suicide in some warehouse. So, there you go. And he goes, give me the gun, stupid kid. And it's, <laughs> yeah. It's a lot more enjoyable than our suicide scene, which seemed to go on forever, Joel. Do you remember that in this movie? The suicide jumper oh, yeah. scene where he talks him down? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, see someone else likes it. <laughs> I like it. I like it too. Yeah, yeah Tim, like, hey, you're on your own, buddy. <laughs> So, if you stretch it a bit, it's Martin Balsam playing Dirty Harry in a turtleneck. Uh, he's a police captain who takes the law into his own hands because corrupt politicians are keeping the local construction hoods safe from prosecution. So, it's been What more. year was this done? 71. Yeah, it sounds okay. like... Okay. And there's some few good lines in there, like uh, Balsam, the guy says about him, he drowns his sorrow in justice. And yeah, it has some cool, some cool flashback scenes where he sees like the the, mm. the bad guys killing a like a socialist in a village, and has sort of flashbacks like a few dollars more. It's pretty good. But yeah, see, so what do you think of this minute, Joel? We stretched a lot out of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. Are it's, you scared in this? Um, it is. Yeah, it's kind of scary. I just love the fact that he's sort of. I just imagine him up in the stand somewhere, stalking him, just watching every move he does, and he can sort of see him wherever he goes. It's very uh, sort of suspenseful. Hey, Joel, I just remembered you acted once as a stalker in a film shot by a lake. Did you oh, yes. base that acting performance on Scorpio yeah. here? Andy <laughs> Robinson, was, he's always been close to my heart. Yeah, I thought so. And that performance was loosely based on this, his performance in this film. Excellent. Yeah. I thought so at the time. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, that's pretty much all I have for this good minute, 64, Trent. <laughs> <laughs> It was a minute, a minute. Well, Joel, will you return next week? Yeah, I mean, I, it's good. Yeah, it's, I love Dirty Harry. We may say it's a week, but it probably won't seem like that. It might <laughs> seem like just in a few minutes' time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I'm hoping to get to some really juicy scenes in this film, so uh, it's always fun to talk about them. And yeah. And Trent, you'll join us next Kindergarten week? Cop 2 Minute, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic! <laughs> We'll catch you next time on Dirty Harry Minute. Well, that's it from us. We'll catch you next time at the movies.